You're listening to the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle Podcast, episode number 78. And today, ladies, we are taking a little spin, a little stop from a health topic, and we are going to be looking at an emotional one, and it's called Mind Shifts. And I'm going to be talking to you today about some mind shifts that we need to make for 2020. And mostly, I'm going to be talking to you about some of the mind shifts that I'm going to be making for 2020 in hopes that maybe you see yourself in some of those Or maybe since I'm talking about mine, you'll feel that it's okay to talk about yours. I would love it if you would come over and drop me a DM over on Instagram and let me know what some of your mind shifts are. And I can be found at at Network on Instagram. And you can come on over and join our Facebook group, Well Woman Network 360, and let me know there. And they don't have to be daunting ones. They can be just little mind shift ones. And the reason that I'm talking about that today is because in order for our health to grow or for our businesses to grow, ladies, or life in general to grow for us, we need to get unstuck from some of these stories and narratives that we've been telling ourselves that we've been holding close to our chest for a long time that haven't been serving us, you know, maybe forever. Maybe we got these stories from other people that put them on us. Maybe we just interjected them onto ourselves from a situation or whatever. And for whatever reason, they have just stuck with us like glue. Well, sister, they're not glue and we need to unpeel them and get rid of them and write new narratives as we move into 2020. Because ladies, this is a new decade. Can you believe it? It's going to be a new decade. So it's time to get rid of all the junk and focus on the good stuff. Focus on writing new narratives around our health, our relationships, our business, our life. So that's where we're going to today. So come on in, let's take a listen. And like I said, leave me a comment, drop me a DM over on Instagram or over on Facebook. I would so love to interact with you and get to know you. All right, so with no further ado, let's listen to today's episode on Mindset Shifts for 2020. Well, women, it's time for a new perspective on women's health. A time to understand that your greatest wealth is your health. A time to make self-care your number one priority. A time to recognize that good health is the only way to live your best life and do all that you can in this world. So join me on this journey where we'll explore women's health topics from a medical provider's viewpoint. Have conversations about everyday healthy lifestyle options and enjoy interviews with other well women we can all learn from. It's time to demystify women's health and learn practical ways to apply self-care to every part of our lives. This is the Well Woman Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Michelle Broad, certified women's and adult nurse practitioner, daughter, wife, mother, and all-out women's health enthusiast. So you ready to start the journey? Let's go. So I'm really excited today to be back behind the mic because I've been kind of gone for a couple weeks from podcasting. Not that you guys haven't gotten the podcast, but what I was doing is I batched before I left on two back-to-back business trips. So I really haven't actually been recording for a couple weeks and I need to get in a lot better habit of doing that batching thing because it really worked and I felt really great about doing it. So it's one of those things that I'm going to be working on in 2020. But anyways, I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about mindset. Now, before you roll your eyes and you quickly turn off the podcast, bear with me here a minute, okay, ladies? Because I get asked this a lot. 
I get asked, people tell me, well, Michelle, you talk about wellness and how does wellness and health have to do with, you know, it mindset It has nothing to do with each other, ah, but I beg to differ with you. So stick with me because I want to show you this. All right. We, for so long, take ourselves and our health and we perceive our health and we perceive our life that's outside of us. Okay. Like our job, our family, all the things that we do as two different entities. And what I mean by this is we don't see ourselves as a total one being and that our health affects everything in our life and all the things out in our life affect our health. It's symbiotic where, you know, you can't have one without the other. For instance, an example, if you woke up today and you had a migraine, how do you think that having that migraine headache is going to affect everything in your life today? your job, how you interact with your family, how you interact with people at the store. You know, you're going to go around all day and you're going to be in pain. If you're at your job, you probably aren't going to be paying attention 100% like you should be because you've got this pain in your head. You're not going to be devoting your full attention to your family because you've got this pain, right? So that's one way that our physical health, you know, plays a big factor on our environmental health. All right. Now, here's an example of how our environmental health plays an exam plays an impact on our physical health. So let's say you woke up today and you felt fabulous, right? And you get in your car and you get into an accident. Or somebody, you know, rear ends you. Or you go to your job and all of a sudden the first thing in the morning, your boss calls you into the office and she proceeds to tell you all the crappy things that you've been doing wrong. Okay. Instead of all the good things. So how does that set your day off? Well, it sends you um, into stress. Some of us have anxiety. Um, it makes your cortisol level go up. It throws off your insulin. So you're probably going to eat crappy for the rest of the day. You're going to feel bad. And then how is that attitude that you're just getting first thing in the morning going to affect how you feel inside? Okay. Like I said, it's going to cause you to feel anxious. It's going to cause your cortisol level to go up. It's going to cause you to want to probably dive into some chocolate and have some emotional eating going on. So you see, ladies, you cannot think about one aspect of your life without thinking about the other. So your health affects your daily life and your daily life affects your health. They are one of the same. So when I try to talk to my clients about overall health, I'm trying to get them to see the totality of who they are in every aspect of your life and how you need to show up not only healthy for your body, but how having a healthy body allows you to show up healthy in all aspects of your life. And when you've got the orders in your life, you know, down and they're healthy, it helps you become a healthier person. I've done so many hormone consultations, I'll tell you, where I start down and I'm sitting down and I'm talking to my clients and we're going over this routine and they want the prescription for some hormone medication because they're having symptoms. And I totally get that. But I ask them a lot of lifestyle questions and they tell me all this stuff and they are so stressed out and this and that. And I, I just, I pause for a moment because I want them to hear this, but I know that they don't because everybody in today's society wants that quick fix, right? We all want it. Is I want to tell them that it doesn't matter. You could dive into a bathtub full of hormones. It's not going to change anything until you change the trajectory of what's happening out here in your life. You're so stressed out that it's throwing your cortisol off. You're not taking any time for yourself. So there's no self-care in there. So even if I gave you the hormones and you started taking them, 
you're still going to be off balance because that's what the word is. It's a balance. And I'm not saying that you have to have everything 100% perfect in every area of your life because you don't. Because in reality, ladies, you know, that is never going to happen, right? It's not. But you can form some semblance of balance and each day it can look a little bit different and it's going to do that and that's perfectly okay. But what I'm trying to explain to all of you is that, you know, how you carry your health is how it affects all the rest of your life and how the rest of your life is put in order is how it's going to affect your health. So that's why it's important that we talk about our physical health and about those you know, things like headaches, migraines, and we get clear on all that kind of stuff and different things to do. But it's just equally important that we talk about our emotional health. So, and the reason I bring this up is because I want to talk to you all about some of the things that I've been going through with my emotional wellness and my mindsets, because, you know, I love talking to you guys about that. And I feel like, you know, you listen and you can give me some good advice on it. So like I said, I was gone for about two weeks, actually, you know, if you give or take here, and I went to two back-to-back business conferences, entrepreneurial business conferences. One was Amy Porterfield's The the Entrepreneurial Experience. Maybe some of you went. Um, Then I went back to back to another one with my girlfriend, Joanne, called Business by Design by James Wedmore. Maybe some of you know him as well. And I've been following these two people for a long time. Now I'm, you know, a lot older than they are, but I've always enjoyed their teaching approach and their style. So I've been wanting to go to um, Amy's event for a while, and she had the greatest lineup of speakers, and so did James. And, you know, they always tell you to set intentions before you go to anything, right? Like, what are your intentions? Do you want to meet new people? How many new people do you want to get? Do you want to get people on your podcast? You know, to set the intention before you even go so that you have that in mind so that you can bring that about, you know? So I decided that sometimes when we set our intentions And we have only our intentions so focused in our brain of what we want to get when we go to some of these conferences that we miss out on some of the intentions that are supposed to come our way and that we're supposed to get, right? So before I went, I said, I'm really not going to set any really high expectations. I just want to go and meet new people and I want to be open to whatever comes my way. And any lessons that I need to learn, let them come freely and flow to me. So that was my thing. So... I went to Amy's and I kind of, I did have, you know, I had a preconceived idea of what I was going to find at this event. I thought it was going to be packed with, you know, millennials because she is a millennial, I think. And I thought maybe all of her following was going to be millennials. But one of the things was that I was so pleasantly surprised was that I saw myself in so many people in that room. Now I'm in my early fifties. Hope that doesn't shock anybody and cause you not to want to listen anymore because you think I'm too old, but we'll get to that. We're going to talk about that too. So there were so many women who were 45 and beyond. I mean, there were some women there that were in their seventies and 75 year old I met. It was crazy. And I just so loved one of these things. She had some of her students get up on the stage and talk about their experience. And one lady changed my mind shift. Okay. Because here's the thing. I've been telling myself this story that I'm too old because I'm, you know, I just turned, turned into my fifties and I'm thinking, okay, Michelle, you're too old. Who's going to want to hear from you, right? We write these stories and I don't know why it is, but you know, it's so much easier to accept the yucky ones or, you know, for instance, 
It's easier to accept criticism than it is to accept a compliment. How many of us, when we're complimented, just brush it off, right? And kind of go, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. But when somebody gives us a criticism, whether it's constructive or not, we hold on to that for dear life and we bury it in our hearts and we just beat ourselves up over that, right? Or, you know, we hold on to those negative thoughts, those negative stories that maybe somebody gave to us a long time ago, or maybe that we gave to ourselves a long time ago. And they have not been serving us for a darn good long time, but we hold on to them because they're comfortable and we feel good in them. And we can say that, you know, we can use them. I don't know why, but we hold on to that, right? Because it's easier to hold on to those things than it is to create a new narrative. Because when we create a new narrative, we have to create new neural pathways in our brain. Just like I always talk to you ladies from the health perspective that, you know, if you want to be healthy in your life, then it has to be a priority to you. It has to be on your schedule. You have to have it up front at the forefront of your brain. You have to be thinking about it. Well, it's the same thing with these other things. If we want to change our mindset, then we have to make a commitment to work on those areas as well. So I've made a commitment to work on my mindset for 2020 because in 2019, I had the commitment to work on my body and I hired a trainer as you most, as all of you know, at the beginning of the year, and I have exercised faithfully, faithfully five days a week for the past year. And I have seen my body change and I'm very proud of myself for that. So now I need to work on my mindset and make my mindset and the things that I have to shift forefront in my brain on a daily basis, just like I put exercising on my calendar every single day, five days out of the week. Because when you become aware of something, ladies, then you can work on it and you can change it. And just like Darren Hardy said in one of his Darren Dailies, he said, you have to take that weakness and you have to put it right in front of you and you have to go at it with diligence and you have to learn and learn and kind of apply full force to that thing that you want to change. Because we devote ourselves to so many things that sometimes those things that are really important that we need to change, they get left in the background. So here's the thing. So anyways, about mindset shift number one for me about thinking that I'm too old. So there was a lady that got up on stage and she was 55, wonderful lady. And at 55, she got laid off from a high prestigious company and she didn't know what she was going to do. And she started looking for a job at 56, 57, 58, 59, and she could not find a job for the life of her. She, over the years, she'd been collecting art supplies, you know, and putting them down in her basement, you know, telling her husband, just like I tell mine when I buy all that stuff, that I'm going to get to it when I retire. So one day he went down to the basement and he said, hey, why don't we take all these art supplies that you said that you were going to do when you retired? And why don't we move them upstairs into the den? And why don't you start doing this? And I'm going to buy you an online art class because you like doing that stuff and I want to make you happy. So she took this online art class. She loved it. And then she decided, hey, I could teach this. I could teach what I'm doing. So she took Amy's course on how to create a digital course and she put it out there and she did phenomenal. And she started it when she was 60 years old. And when I saw that and I heard that, there was something that just clicked in my heart and said, Michelle, you have got to rewrite that narrative that you have in your brain that you are too old. You are not too old. Because, you know, in I don't feel my age. 
I feel like I felt like when I was 16 and when I was 20. I have the motivation, the drive, the energy. I could surpass my kids and even ask my daughter. She knows the drive and energy that I have. You know, that's just never been a problem for me. I've always been a very outgoing, happy, energetic person who can get things done when I need to get things done. It's just, it's part of my DNA. Mind shift number one for 2020 is I am putting it out of my brain that I am too old. I am not too old, okay? I am young, and no matter what age we are, we have something to contribute to society, okay? Millennials have a lot to contribute to uh, elder people like us, to older women, and us older women, not that we're old, I hate that word, but we've got a lot to contribute to them. So what we need to do is work on how can we bridge the gap and come together and teach each other instead of trying to like, okay, you're over here in your bracket. Don't come over here in our bracket. Oh, we're over here in ours. Don't come over here. Hey, let's come together and let's form a huge loving community of women of all ages who are going places, right? That's part of my thing. So mind shift number two and see, and the reason I'm talking to you about these mind shift things is because when we take them from our insides and we move them to the outside and we give them to the world, we diffuse them in a way. And when we tell people about them, we can be held accountable to them, but we're putting it out there. And that's the first step, ladies, is when you take something from your heart and you move it outside of your heart and you put it out there in the universe because the universe is going to help you get what you need. And the more people that you talk to about it, they're going to help you get what you need as well. Okay. So mind shift number two that I learned when I was there too. One of the speakers that was there was Rachel Hollis. And I don't know if you all know her, but I happen to love her just because she's so down to earth. She speaks from her heart and she's so into wellness and, you know, infusing wellness into your business and getting up and moving every day. So she's just a woman after my own heart. If you happen to know her, I, she is one of my women on my vision board to get on my podcast for 2020. So anybody out there, you can help me put in that out there. So anyways, a gal went up and was talking because they had questions and answers where you could get up to the mic. And one of the ladies was asking her, well, you know, I want to expand my company, but I don't feel like my husband wants me to expand the company. And he has said so in, you know, a lot of different ways. And I feel like he's holding me back. How many of you have had that experience? Maybe it's not a husband. Maybe it's your, your partner. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your, you know, your family. You know, we all have those people in our lives that, you know, kind of just, we feel that they're holding us back. Right? So anyways, Rachel was talking to her and she said, look, nobody holds you back except yourself. You are the only person that is holding yourself back. Your husband, he's not holding you back. Maybe there's some other issues that are going on there that you need to address with him, but he's not holding you back. If you want to scale your company larger, then go ahead and scale it. Okay. You have to get out of your own way. And I sat there and I'm like, oh my God, I have to get out of my own way. We get in our own way so much of the time. It's, 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 funny, right? We think that, oh, if we become successful, we're going to have to leave the people that we care about behind. Or if we become successful, people aren't going to like us because they're going to think that we're snobby or bitchy or whatever else they're going to think, right? And we come up with these stories. I mean, like sometimes I just wonder where the heck my brain comes up with some of these stories. Now, I know where some of them came from, you know, from bullying when people when I was younger and they told me, oh, they name called and said, oh, you have curly hair and, and you're this and you're tall and all this other kind of stuff. You know, it kind of hurts. Yes. Cause when we're kids, we're mean, but anyways, we've got to write new narratives. So that was narrative number two that I'm rewriting. Okay. And then narrative number three that 
I have been holding on to for a long time that has not served me well, that I've decided that I am just going to get rid of in 2020, is this notion that I am just a nurse practitioner. I have been told, ladies, my entire career, and I might have told you this before, that, oh, you're all only a nurse practitioner. You're not a doctor. You see, ladies, when I started out in my career 20-something years ago, nurse practitioners were just coming on the scene. They really weren't, they weren't in doctor's offices before this. Nobody heard of, of who we were or physician's assistants. They were not a topic. So people would ask, oh, you're more than a nurse. Oh, why didn't you go to medical school? Why aren't you a doctor? Why aren't you this? And even, I'll tell you this much, I care about doctors and stuff like that, but doctors do not look at nurse practitioners and physician's assistants for the most part as equal colleagues. Okay. They just don't, you know, they're, they think that, you know, we are underneath them. We haven't gone to medical school. We haven't done all the training that they've done. So they think that we, most of the time, most of them think, you know, that we're underneath them. So in all my jobs, I've been told, you know, oh, you're just a nurse practitioner or in some way, (coughs) excuse me, or another I've been led to believe that through actions that doctors who I, who have been my employers have led me to believe. So then I start thinking, oh, I can't write that book because I'm not a doctor. I'm just a nurse practitioner. Who wants to hear from me because I'm just a nurse practitioner? I'm not a doctor. You see Dr. Oz on TV. You see the doctor show on TV, but you don't see the nurse practitioner show on TV, right? So I've told myself that. And I've always said, you know, Consciously, I've said, oh, that doesn't bother me. And I've squashed it down deep, deep, deep. But I think in my subconscious, it's always been there. And I don't really see it running, but I know that it's running. And it's been a mindset shift that has been holding me back for a long time. Yes, I am a nurse practitioner, but you know what? I'm a damn good nurse practitioner. And I am a leading leading authority on women's hormonal health and on women's wellness. I have helped, you know, over thousands of women get better, get healthier, get their hormones balanced. You know, I owned my own practice for eight years in a time when there was no such thing as nurse practitioner solo practices. But here's the thing, ladies. We tend to, most of the time, not look at our accomplishments. We tend to look at, you know, our failures or our disappointments We don't tend to look at what we've done and give ourselves a pat on the back and say, hey, you've done a really great job. You know, even if you're a mom, you've raised two great kids, you know, you have been a great wife, you know, or you're a great partner to your animals, whatever. We always tend to go towards the negative because it's easier. I don't know why, like I said, I'm not a psychologist, but if anybody has an answer for that, please feel free. You can DM me over on on the Instagram. You can join Well Woman Network 360 on Facebook and let me know. I would be happy to have a conversation. But we just go there, right? And it's so easy. So those are my three things for 2020, and I'm going to work on them. Is it going to be easy? No. Okay. Mindset changes, creating neural new neural pathways is difficult in any situation, okay? But you have to put it at the forefront of your mind. Now, maybe for you, it's some of those same mindset mindset shifts that you need to make. Or maybe it's on the health end. You know, you've been told, oh, you're obese. You are never going to be healthy. Or you've, you've decided that you are your disease and you've just taken, okay, I've got fibromyalgia, so I cannot do anything. Or you've said, that won't work for me. I've tried that in the past and it never worked. 
don't we say that sometimes? Or I've done that exercise, or I've tried that diet, or I've done this, or I've done that, and it just doesn't work for me. So we stay in that negative state and we don't say to ourselves, you know what? Maybe there was another reason why it didn't. Maybe there's something subconsciously that's been holding me back. Maybe I've got something going on in myself with my self-esteem or something that I can't lose weight. And maybe I need to kind of sit with myself and journal on that and, you know, start making a new talk for myself that I can lose weight. You know, I have a healthy body. I can exercise. I am not my disease, you know, and be powerful in the words that we say because they're so important to us. So that's what I wanted to come on here and just kind of, you know, talk with you ladies about today because it's been on my heart ever since that I went to these pot, that I went to these two business conferences, like I said, and I've been thinking about that and I've been writing all my stuff down in a journal that I got from Rachel and really trying to rephrase and relook at how I say things in all different aspects, you know, in my personal life, in my health life, in my business life. And trying not to go to the negative, trying to put a new narrative, a new spin on how I say things, you know, because it's just like with our money, like with money blocks, it's the same thing. Like, you know, when you were growing up, I don't know if you ever heard this, but like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, I'm not made of money. All those kind of things. We don't have that. You can't have that. Instead of thinking about how can I reframe it and make it into a positive that yes, Money comes to me easy. Yes, I can think of ways to make more money. I have the skills. I'm capable. Very different when we say it like that than when we don't. With that said too, what I wanted to do is I wanted to talk with you today as well about giving you some things that you can look at mindset shifts around fitness. Because you know, I am healthy, so I'm going to combine a little bit of the mindset that I'm talking to you about my mindset, and I want to talk to you a little bit about how you shift your mindset to stick with fitness because I hear these things so much of the time, okay, where people just can't get over themselves in the area of getting healthy. As we all know, ladies, there are many benefits, you know, that come from exercising regularly, okay? Actually, according to the Mayo Clinic, because you know I'm a big research geek, working out combats serious health conditions. It promotes better sleep, prevents excessive weight gain, it boosts energy, and it improves mood. And those are all things that any of us want. Okay. And when I'm talking about fitness, fitness can be whatever it is to you. It's moving your body and getting out and actually burning some calories, getting your heart rate up. So with all of these benefits, ladies, we should all understand that exercising regularly really should be a no brainer. However, most of us sometimes are reluctant to actually start jogging or going to the gym because we know that it's hard to stay committed to something regularly. Okay. Oh my God. I have to do that four times a week. I don't know if I can commit to that. People are afraid of commitment, not not just in relationships. They're afraid of commitment in every area of their life. Oh my God. I have to do that. I don't know if I can do that. Well, you know, when you make a commitment to do something, your brain will figure out a way to do it. So no matter how much free time in the world that we have, we are all incredibly busy on a daily basis. And it can be hard and challenging to get in the right mindset. So here's some things that I want to give you. I want to give you three helpful mindset shifts today, since we're talking about that, that you should definitely try out when it comes to the area of shifting your mind for fitness. Number one is to take a day off. It can be incredibly hard, ladies, to find time for a workout when your whole day is spent on work, appointments, 
and family obligations. What does this sound like? It sounds like you need to get a little more self-care time, right? When you have a busy schedule, the first thing that you should realize is that you're going to miss out on some workouts. And that's completely normal. Like I said, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to start for goodness sakes. Some days you won't even feel like going for a run or hitting the gym or whatever exercise you've decided to do, which is when you should take a day off and give your body time to recover. I've done that. I will be going like for four days and sometimes I'm exhausted because I've really been working hard at the gym and I'll say, you know what? I'm taking today off and I'll feel okay about it. And I don't care if my um, Fitbit tells me, oh, well, you haven't exercised your five days out of, you know, your five days out of the seven that you said you were going to do. Oh, well, you know, it's my prerogative, right? The worst thing that you could do after skipping a workout is allow yourself to lose motivation. Okay. So every time you decide to skip a workout for whatever reason it is, okay, You need to think of it as simply a day to rest and not a break from exercising. The sooner that you get in that mindset, ladies, the easier it will be for you to stick to a healthy lifestyle program. And this is what this is. This is a healthy lifestyle program. It's for your lifetime. Okay. It's not, I'm just going to do this for today or for a week or 30 days. You've got to just start being healthy for the long haul and look at it in that perspective. Okay. And things are going to fall off the calendar. You're not going to be able to do this or that. Commitments are going to come up, and I get that. But when we fall off the horse, lady, ladies, we need to get back up and get back on that horse. The next one, tip number two, is I want you to have fun. If you begin working out with a negative attitude towards that exercise that you're doing, ladies, it won't be long until you lose motivation. Unfortunately, a lot of people do exercises that they don't enjoy simply because they're aware of the health benefits that they can experience from working out regularly. All right. We all know sometimes I do that. I'll go to the gym and I'll watch what everybody else is doing. I'll say, I got to do that and I can't do it. Then I get discouraged because I can't do it and I think I'm weak. Okay. Mind shift. Get rid of that thought. It's not serving me and it's not going to serve you as well. Okay. Nonetheless, ladies, if you find yourself not enjoying, you know, whatever you're doing, then don't continue doing it. There, thankfully, ladies, there are countless workout routines, videos online, okay, different things at the gym, different classes, Zumba, spin, you know, abs body works. You know, you like running, there you got that too. There's treadmills, there's stairmasters, there's ellipticals, whatever fits your fancy, they've got it. Find something that you are going to have fun with and that you feel comfortable doing and just start there because the more you do it, the better you're going to get at it, okay? If you find that you love yoga and it's the best type of workout for you, then by all means, start doing yoga on a regular basis. If you don't like it, then don't do it, okay? Do something that you enjoy, okay? Because it's when you enjoy it that it's gonna not be work. It's not gonna feel like work. You know, I actually now really like going to the gym. And if I miss a day, I don't feel bad because I'm missing a day. You know, like in that sense, I feel bad because I like doing it and it helps my body and I'm not getting that that workout in. It helps me sleep better. It helps me have a better clarity in my mind. I tell my husband, it's my cheap therapy. You know, if I didn't go work out after taking care of all the people that I take care of in my life, I'd be sitting on someone else's couch, paying them 120 bucks or more an hour, talking about my feelings. You know, and maybe that's not such a bad idea either. But when I go to the gym, all of that comes out. I put on my headphones. Sometimes I pray. Sometimes I think. And I am just in my happy place. So I've learned to really enjoy it. And I've really learned to embrace my body, 
where it's at every step of the way. I've learned not to compare my body to other people's bodies and the results that they're getting because we are different people. And that takes work too. Just like I have to now learn, don't compare my mindset shifts, you know, with other people. And I've got to just be who I am and do it how Michelle can do it. Okay. And tip number three, this goes with any mind shift change, whether it's emotional or it's physical. And that is you have to set realistic expectations. Not having realistic expectations is exactly why a lot of people quit exercising or a fitness program or just quit anything in their life. If you've never engaged in any form of a challenging physical activity up until now, you can't expect to have a perfect body within two months. It is not going to happen. No matter how small the changes are, ladies, you notice, it's important that you stay patient and that you continue working towards your goals on either end. It doesn't matter which one you need to do. So a quick side note, your fitness goal should be small at first, as that will allow you to reach them more quickly. And and same with me, setting mind shift goals for those other three things that I talked to you about. You know, I'm buying some books and I'm going to start working on those issues. This way you will know that you've accomplished something and that it will make you more motivated to continue doing the things that you want to do. Okay. So here's the thing, ladies, at the end of the day, the only reason why you should be exercising, exercising really is to improve the quality of your life. Okay. And as soon as you realize how your life can improve from exercising regularly, you won't find it hard to sticking with fitness anymore. The same thing with mind shift changes, whether it's emotional as well. When you start looking at it from a different perspective, it takes on a whole new perspective. So I hope you really enjoyed today's podcast episode on mind shift changes for 2020. I hope that you will go and get out a piece of paper and you will come up with some mind shift changes that you need to make in your life, whether it's emotional or whether it's physical, and you will write them down and you will commit to working on them with me, along with me on mine that I just told you about in 2020. So if I get a big hands up, I'd like, I can't see that, but if you are in to that and you are going to commit to that with me, then please direct message me over on Instagram. Let me know, say, hey, Michelle, I'm in. These are the things that I'm going to work on. I don't want to feel alone over here, okay? Sometimes we need to be encouraging each other. Or come join us over on Well Woman Network 360 and Facebook and say, I'm in, Michelle. Here's the things that I'm going to work on. And most importantly, if you could do me a big favor today, if you haven't done it already, or if you have, please do it again. Go over and give us a rating and review on iTunes. It means the world to me. Every time we get them, it helps us rank up. And we are really gearing up to be, okay, to be a disruptor in the women's health space, talking to great women moving into 2020. So please do that for me. And I would greatly appreciate it. And I hope that you have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon. And bye for now. The information, including but not limited to text, graphics, images, and other material contained in the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle podcast is for educational purposes only. The purpose of the Well Woman Healthy Lifestyle is to promote broad consumer understanding and knowledge of various women's health topics. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking any new healthcare regime. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have read or heard on one of our podcasts. 